You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. Last week we were talking about the greatness that is Lobo, the main man, the man, the master bestitch, the the fragtaculistic, <laughs> fragtaculistic main man of the universe, <laughs> the archbishop of the of the, badassery, the three fish, the three fish god. Oh uh, yeah, the three-eyed fish god. Three-eyed maybe? fish god is that oh. what it's called? It's, nah, that's probably Blinky from the Simpsons. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's the three-eyed fish. It's the, the three- main man and his favorite friends, the space dolphins. That's right. So. Uh, if you were listening last week, you heard us talk. We gave you a, a short rundown of, of of who Lobo is and and some of his first appearances and what we liked about him. This week, we're gonna throw him into the Marvel universe. Where do, where does he exist? Who does he hang out with? Who does he team up with? Where who tolerates him? Who tolerates him? <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a good thing. That's a very good question. So uh, that 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 was our challenge for ourselves this week. It was gonna be. Uh, uh, who taking who, the main man and putting him into the house of ideas? That's right. Yeah, because you can't you can't sit there and just like do the normal thing that we do with uh, our challenges with Lobo. Like he's, he's oh my god, put him into a story. <laughs> That'd be nuts. I want the Infinity Gauntlet, but it was Lobo the whole time with the gauntlet. <laughs> so we decided to uh, uh, come up with a little challenge of what what a story would look like in the Marvel universe with Lo- with Lobo. We got who is going to hire him. Who does he have to track down, and then who's going to partner up with him? So, I think uh, we came up with a couple of interesting stories. We'll have to see what everybody else says. Uh, this is going to be where we pitch it to you, our favorite editors, and you decide which one gets publication. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. So, before we get started with our stories, let's talk about the spinner rag for New Comic Book Day. All right, here we are, Wednesday, the best day of the week, and you are at your local comic shop asking yourself, what or how much should I get? All right, if you are... okay. Listen to us as soon as you can and get to a comic shop as soon as you can. Why? Because Image Comics is going to do some crazy stuff. Uh, I'm sure by now you've heard all the rumors, uh, press releases and everything, but I, I, I can definitely say it's probably safer to say it's not just a rumor. Uh, it's pretty much been uh, just thrown out there by several different sites. The Walking Dead issue 193, which will be today's issue, is it. That's it. That's crazy. I know. It's insane. Like, I mean, the the fact that last month's issue 192 was the death of Rick Grimes blew me away. But I, I, I knew it. And, like, I even, you know, when Mitch and I would be talking, I'd be like, yeah, I'm probably going to drop the book when Rick dies. Well, <laughs> and, you know, well, his, his soul did die before that. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah, so now here we are. Uh, issue 192, they killed Rick. And issue 193, that's it. So who knows what happens? Um, you know, read it as soon as you can. Talk about it as soon as you can. Uh, support groups will be available as well. Um, so yes, and we'll and definitely be here to support everybody. So expect yeah. uh, maybe next week to have something to talk about. Yeah, no, there's definitely going to be there's going to be a lot there. So yeah, so but yeah, and if you're there and um, you score issue 193, I'd also recommend pick up issue 192, the special commemorative second print issue. Uh, if you did not pick up said spectacular version of the first print, uh, they've made a, a second print which has a nice. Um, 
it's an interesting pose cover for Rick. It's just old man Rick, like kind of reminds me of Abraham Lincoln, but maybe that's just probably because the beard he's channeling. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah. So it, they they've commissioned a brand new uh, piece for that. Let's see here, Dave Stewart uh, is being credited as the uh, as the cover artist for this one. So yeah, definitely somebody else. Usually I mean, it's Charlie Allred doing the covers. I mean, if you if you're doing the last issue, don't you bring don't you try and bring back the yeah, the original artist? artist. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would think so. Um, but then again, obviously, we've been lied to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if you keep an eye on previews and you've been looking, like you've turned in what up to issue one ninety six of the the stories. Like you've you've been per- like ordering issue one ninety six, and they've been fake comic books because Robert Kirkman was like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna create these fake solicits and put them out there," which is very smart because. These are going to be hot commodity issues. I mean, issue 192 yeah, definitely was like, oh, people, there was foot traffic into the stores and, you know, heaven help you today if you're a comic yeah, but how, owner. How does how do people who do the ordering feel about that? Like, Oh, they're probably they, pissed yeah. uh, because, you know, I mean, it's it's going to come in. Like, can you imagine you're sitting there with your rack behind you of your holds and some guy comes and says, hey, I want to buy that comic. And you're like, sorry, I can't. Hey, I see one right behind you. I'll give you, I'll give you $50 for it. And you're like... Well, I don't it's even talk about that. Like, no, if someone oh. if someone does their pre order and they they pre ordered one ninety six, like, don't they have to pay for that, or do they they pay for that when they pick it up? It kind of depends on which way you set your account because sometimes you can pay as they ship to you, uh huh, or you could pay in advance. And honestly, like for the most part, they'll probably just give you diamond credit, which is it's a good thing bad thing you know like i mean if you happen to have a comic book store where they charge you the mm-hmm. the buyer in advance definitely make sure you're talking to your lcs but for the most part it's kind of a big leap of faith so yeah it's it's a bit dickish but at the <laughs> same time it's kind of exciting to be you know living in the world of where spoilers are rare but again you know like I think most people have heard about this talk since probably last Sunday, so it's it's pretty wild to know that that's coming. But yeah, definitely go out there, get issue 192, the second print, and issue 193. Hold on to those. That's how you'll send your children to college. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's jump into our main ones here. We've got Detective Comics DC, as we lovingly call them. Adventures of the Super Sons, issue 12 of 12. Yeah, it's... It's finally here. Holy crap. That's insane. That's been a year. But it's fantastic. Why? Because we know um, Pete Tomasi loves these two kids. He's a father himself, and he's done fantastic adventures with Damian Wayne and John Kent. Uh, it, like That's the only way I like Damian Wayne. Otherwise, I'm like, he's just a little shit. <laughs> but anyways, moving along that one. Um, if you are a big fan of the Batman Tom King storyline, uh, they do these Rebirth Deluxe Editions. So they're a little bit more oversized. Um, and this one will be Volume 4 in the series, which will collect issues 45 through 57, and also the Batman story from DC Nation Zero. I myself have purchased Volumes 1 and 2. I love these. Um, I need to get caught up and get issue or Volumes 3 and 4. But I'm not going to lie. I kind of... I'm kind of not in a rush. Why? Because when it goes to Batman and Catwoman, will they still keep the same trade and just the Ooh, trade dress question. and call it yeah. that way? Or will they just be like, oh, this is its own thing. Ha, ha, ha. That's what, like, again, you know, you just got screwed on your solicits <laughs> and now you're going to get screwed on your hardcover collections. So um, DC Collected Editions, please think about that and help us out. Don't, don't, don't sell us short. <laughs> 
Uh, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, issue 3 of 6 will be out. This is the one that has taken the origin of Batman and the origin of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and blended them together. Kind of like we do with Lobo and the Marvel Universe. Ooh. Oh, shameless prug. But anyways, yeah, this is going to be exciting. Uh, if you actually take a look at the cover on this one, Batman and the... The Robin Turtles. I don't know what you should call them. Yeah, uh, I mean. A flock of turtles. The uh, turtle sidekicks. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Robins. I don't know. Yeah. But they're actually in full getup. I mean, for the most part, you have a Leonardo with the Nightwing symbol on him. Raphael full throttled with the red hood. Uh, Michelangelo with the little hood. And, uh, hopefully not the angst. <laughs> and Donatello is too far away. I can't really tell what's going on. But he's got a bow staff. But I was going to say, so he should he be always. Tim. <laughs> yeah, so. he would definitely be the Tim Drake one. But what's really exciting about this one, when you look in the cover and you see in the background, you actually see the anti-monitor with Krang in his belly. That is a flipping cool mashup. That's I'm just like, wow. So I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go back and get some back issues or definitely for sure getting the trade of that. I love. I mean, this is better than those um, those warps. No offense to them. They were a neat idea, but this gives me a little bit more as well. Uh, deceased. Issue one got a sickened printing. Um, I love this stuff. Um, we don't have Elseworlds anymore, but I'm glad that DC Universe is not shying away from having stories that are outside. What is it? So I think we, we live in Earth Zero, right? Is this now what DC Do we not do, do we not, are we not New Earth anymore? Oh, maybe it is New. I don't know. God, that's tough. Because it's either New Earth or Earth Zero. Right. It's not Earth One because that's those special edition books. Right. Yeah. So you got the 616, and we'll stick with New for the moment. Um, so yeah, so you got your two main, and then obviously there's tons of stories going out there. So I highly recommend, if you missed out, definitely go get the first printing, or sorry, go get issue one, second printing. You know they're going to do uh, issue two as a second printing as well. Uh, today will actually be issue three, and um, I got to read that in advance for my review. Holy crap. Okay, I'm going to drop a spoiler on you, uh -oh. just because I need to talk about This is even a live spoiler for Mitch. I hope you all don't mind. So spoilers, give us about 10 minutes. Here we go. Spoiled in Ten three, whole minutes? two, one. No, okay. I, <laughs> I don't know how to tell time. Maybe five minutes. Three, three minutes. Three minutes. Three, three minutes. Three all right. Minutes. Come back in three minutes. Spoilers in three, two, one. Okay. So in this issue, you know, we, we lose a lot of people. Uh, the Gotham City Sirens or the Birds of Prey, whatever you wish to call them, they're all zombified. Batgirl, Huntress, Black Canary, or not, sorry, not Black Canary, um, Batgirl and Batwoman, zombified. So they're going to take on Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn finally takes out her relationship angst on the Joker with a shotgun blast to the gut. He's gone. Holy crap, that was a cool moment. But the big part, the, the, I'm just going to skip to it. The end was so sad because all throughout issue two and issue three, Clark has been like, I need to get home to Smallville. And he finally gets home to Smallville. Oh, no. And the artist, um, uh, oh, God, uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, but anyways, he, he just draws this very serene um, scene. Uh, Trevor Hersine is his name. And like he, it, it, maybe it was just me, but his Superman actually looks shaken by this because one of them was killed. It was Paw Kent. Of course it was Paw Oh, Kent. God. We had Paw Kent, like, infected. So he had the crazy, like, ripped skin. And he lunges at Clark. And honestly, it's funny. Speaking of Walking Dead, because it's at a barn. Right. And sure enough, Ma Kent, like, she hits him over the head with a shovel, locks him in one of the, 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 the sub, uh, sub levels of the barn, and then locks up the barn. And she's just sitting there with a shovel. And she's like, there's something. That I hit him, and he got back up. And Clark goes in there, sees it for himself. 
and is just shaken up by it. And eventually he, he doesn't put his paw out of his misery, which I found interesting because you're a farmer at heart. And usually when an animal's in pain or things like that, if you can't treat it, you put them out of their misery. So I found that. I mean, I know Paw Kent's not an animal. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I, I mean, maybe that's just Superman hoping, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to do this. We're going to we're going to somehow um, we're going to find a cure. So he left Paw in the, the sub basement there and took Ma and flew off. And it was just the art was beautiful. But God, that was a sad moment. So pick that issue up, read it, keep the tissues nearby. Mm. Damn that. That just. Oh, there you go. All right, was that less than three minutes? <laughs> yeah, less than three minutes. Hey, you, you, still got, you still got 30 seconds. Wow, good thing you called me out on that. 10 <laughs> that would have been a jerk right there. Huh? <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, so it's definitely in a... Uh, it's 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 an Elseworld. Like, did, yeah. is it under black label? No, technically, and which is surprising because you'd think they'd say, "Hey, we got this label. We we fought hard to make sure we've got these things. Yeah, put it under something." So I don't know. I I, I think black label. In all honesty, I think that's going to be for like square bounded comics or trade paperbacks. Mm. I think that's the only time we're going to see those labels. We're not going to see it on the single issue floppies. That's just okay. my prediction. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, when this thing gets collected, they'd be smart to put it under the black label. Um, you know, it blew my mind. I guess maybe I, I goofed up somewhere. I didn't know it was a six-part miniseries. I thought it was only five. Oh. So, yeah, so it's going to be six, and then we're going to have the uh, the spinoff one. There's going to be a spinoff? Oh, yeah. Well, we get a one-shot, and it's exciting. Uh. Why? Because it's Blue Beetle, Booster Gold, Mr. Miracle, Big Barda, Mr. Terrific, and all kinds of other various heroes that I love putting in a zombie universe. <laughs> Tom Taylor, you beautiful man, you. Thank you. <laughs> beautiful Australian, you. Um, but anyways, yeah, there's three different variant covers out there. Pick the one you like. Uh, I do like the fact that they've been doing the uh, the horror movie covers. I think those are kind of neat. So this one, it's kind of in the in the fashion of The Nun with that the white and then the, the oh, top is blacked okay. out. So they did Superman that way where you see him normal and then the blacked out part you see infected. Uh, then the other cover is a very just grotesque, beautiful looking Wonder Woman as an infected. You can't say zombies there. I mean, they do say it in the book, but, you know, as the infected, mm. you know, so anyways. Um, Deathstroke issue 45 is going to be a big one. Why? Because this is the cardstock variant. Uh, you'll notice on a lot of the solicits, they'll call them YOTV, Year of the Villain. So this is part of the offer. So Lex Luthor is going to come around and basically, hey, what can I do for you, Deathstroke? You know, did, did you really want Keanu Reeves to play you? Are you happy with uh, the other Keanu guy? Keanu Reeves? Yeah, so the internet just loves Keanu Reeves, right? Like, and I, you know, what's not to love? He's a great guy. So right now, just obviously with the DC movies being kind of not necessarily in flux, but who knows what, where, how, and why, fans have just been like, they want to put Keanu Reeves somewhere. And so there's been a sect of fans that are just like, make him Deathstroke. Yeah, that'd be great. And it's like, I mean, I don't you it. have the other guy? I can't think of his name. Oh, no, um, it's Joe Manganiello. Yeah, he like, did great. He does. His, like, he, you I know. mean, he was in it for three whole seconds. And those three whole seconds were awesome. <laughs> look, it, and I get it. Like people were talking, would be like, oh, well, look at his gunplay in John Wick. He obviously True. could do it. But it's like, sure, I'm sure he could. He do a great job. It's not, but he's not my first choice for for a. Uh, Deathstroke. It's just, it's an interesting choice. It is. But, you know, right now they're putting him everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, Adam Warlock, uh, Reed Richards, uh, you know, I mean, Christ, Gnort. (laughs) Because he loves dogs. Uh, Where would I put him in the DC universe? Um, I feel like, I feel like I need something that's a little bit more laid back. If he was younger, but he doesn't have to be younger, I could, I could dig him as a cow rainer. Ooh, that'd be kind of cool. 
I, I dig that. I can, I can see it. I mean, he's got that, you know, like, hey, hey, man. Whoa, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. How iconic it's to have Kyle, 90s. the child of the 90s, and then, you know, whoa. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think it'd be fun. Uh, I know yeah, it's Hollywood. We can do things, but he should be Booster Gold. That way he could time travel. Yeah, it's fine with me, too. Uh, was Booster. it Billy Preston? Is that the other guy? He'll Bill be, S. Uh, Preston and Ted and, uh, Theodore Logan. Yeah, yeah, we'll have them as uh, boo- blue and gold. There you go. Oh, my goodness. I'll tell you when the I universe. think you have it backwards, then. Bill should be the one that's uh, Booster Gold because he's the blonde. And then you, oh, yeah, you could probably yeah, flip there. Yeah, you get, well, there you go. Yeah, I'm totally fine with Count Reeves being Blue, Blue Beetle. Beetle. <laughs> Blue this Ted is, Court. Yeah, all right, somebody who can draw. I need you to draw Bill and Ted in Booster Gold and Blue Beetle outfits, putting them in that, that great uh, uh, telephone booth time travel. And then what was it, Rufus? Right, wasn't that George Rufus, Carlin? Yeah. So he'll be uh, Hunter R- Rip, Rip Hunter. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that'd be go. pretty good. So, um, I know that Ted Court is your Blue Beetle, but. They, you know, remade the Blue Beetle into Jamie Reyes or oh, yeah. Jaime Reyes Hi, yeah. not too long ago. Um, if they were to update um, Booster Gold, so to speak, have mm-hmm. him become a legacy, Who, what, what, what would you want that character to look like? Because we went from white, middle-aged man to Young Hispanic, teenage yeah. Hispanic boy. I think you'd have to go, and again, I'd probably say a young African-American female. Yeah, I just think that's you know again like totally appreciate inclusiveness. Um, I think that would probably be the route you'd go, you know, just because it's like okay, because I mean, if you think about it in the DCU outside of the, the the more recent characters, but you don't really have that many young African American females. You want you want to throw more inclusiveness in there? What you got? Don't don't make her don't make her young. Make her old. Ooh, like an elderly superhero, like. You know, this is the 60s, the new 40 kind of thing, you know, like she's tra- she's time traveling. And she's like, I know I have a lot of experience. I can I can, I can really set some stuff right here. Yeah. Poor Jaime. Because <laughs> now he's going to be like the ridiculous one. In that relationship. <laughs> That's Don't touch that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Because it, it reverses the two roles. There you go. All right. So we got our new blue and gold team to go partner up with our old blue and gold team. Mon blue. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Uh, yeah, so anyways, pick up that Deathstroke issue. Uh, female theories will come to a conclusion. You know, this has been an interesting book. I, I've kind of watched it from the side because I don't know if it's supposed to be like, I know they definitely marketed it riding off the success of Mr. Miracle because these are the female theories starring uh, Big Barda. But it almost kind of felt like it was an origin tale, or at least what happened with issue five when we had Barda and Scott meet for like the quote unquote first time. So I don't know, but it definitely it's coming to a conclusion. So this is probably something I'm going to have to pick up and, and check out. But it's definitely it's been beautiful art. Uh, Adriana Mello is the artist on that one, and it's just those covers are very striking. Or sorry, Jonelle Jones is the cover artist, uh, but the interiors look very nice as well. So that's come to a conclusion. So if you're looking for some woman power, that's definitely a book to check out there. Jonelle Jones was a, I think it was. Someone that wanted to work with whoever's doing Batgirl, movie-wise. Movie-wise? Because she's Jolo Jones, I believe, draws Batgirl. Uh, I'm not too sure, but I know she's been all over the place. It definitely was at some point, yeah, yeah. Okay. Huh, wow, that'd be... Hey, you can't get any better, like, visuals and source material than a comic artist, so... Those storyboards are going to be freaking amazing. (laughs) 
Uh, Green Lantern will be out with issue number nine, and this is going to take us on that multiverse quest. I don't know what to call it. That's what I would call it. But anyways, yeah, we're going to see some savage sorcery and Hal Jordan meets Aubin Sur, but it's the Aubin Sur from the multiversity story. This is Graham Morrison, dude. It gets crazy. (laughs) So yeah, so it's going to be wild. Uh, A lot of beautiful looking stuff there. So definitely, if you're a fan of fantasy and you've always been curious about jumping into the world of Green Lantern, now is your time. Harley Quinn issue 63 will also be part of the offer. This will be the cardstock cover. This one was kind of cool. I, I saw on Facebook, uh, the cover artist here was Frank Cho. So he he, he drew a, a, a face of Harley Quinn, he, and he put it out there because most of these are headshots. And anyways, I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, he was putting some feedback. So when he submitted to DC, <coughs> she was definitely a lot more flesh-toned. And when they went ahead and did it, they obviously sent it back to him and said, hey, here's what we want to do. And they made her more um, pale white to that clown white. And um, he actually liked it. And he like on his own personal uh, social medias, he was like, I think I made a mistake. Mm. So that's kind of cool to see like, oh, wow. You know, like he he appreciated the feedback. So good stuff there. Uh, Speaking of Black Label, Joker. Now, this one I forget. Actually, I think this one was just the, uh, yeah, this is the first time in paperback. So this Joker story was just Brian Azzarello and Lee Berhelmo coming together to just do their own badass Joker story. Uh, They had done one like a couple years prior for Lex Luthor, and now it's the Joker's turn. So if you are a fan of the Heath Ledger Joker, this would probably be a book up your alleyway because definitely from the visuals there, it looks very much like Heath Ledger. Definitely those... uh, How'd you get those scar scars? Mm. Uh, JSA by Jeff Johns, trade paperback book three is out. I cannot rant and rave enough about that JSA run, so I definitely would recommend you go pick up yeah, that we set of trades. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. Yeah, also definitely like such a great introduction to the DC universe. Justice League issue 27 will be out, and this will be part of the year of the villain, the offer. Uh, we see Gorilla Grodd on that, heart, on that uh, cardstock cover, so I think he'll be offered something very interesting there. Lois Lane will also be a part of this Year of the Villain. Um, oh, God, what's the other one? Uh, Leviathan, all that crossover stuff. So Lois Lane will be getting her own 12-issue maxi series, And uh, this is where it all begins. Do you think that's... Okay, so so for a while there, they were talking about doing a TV show on DC Universe, I think? Oh, yeah. Um, which which would, was supposed to be the... the, the the plot synopsis that came out was going to be Lois and Luther pre Superman uh, work together to solve crimes in Metropolis. I think it was going to be called Metropolis or something like that. Um, you know, her as the investigative reporter and Luther as the most intelligent man in, in, in town kind of thing. And then obviously eventually I, I assume the two of them would get together and then eventually you, you find out that he's a bad guy. Um, I mean, if that was actually in the works, they needed time to make a comic book to come out with it. Do you think this would would have been that book? So it's interesting because I was actually just going to bring this up. Greg Rucka, I think, um, again, I saw on his social media, I think his Twitter, he was talking about how he actually was just going to write a book that was going to be like bullpen. So it was just what's going on in the Daily Planet. What are all these reporters and everybody seeing? And the more and more he fleshed it out, his friends were kind of like, dude, just make a Lois Lane book. Nice. You know, just go with it from there. So, I mean, that's tough because if he was involved on the media side, the televised media, I would definitely say that, yeah, this is probably that idea just recycled and reformatted to fit in with Leviathan. But considering that television and movies don't give a crap about comics, 
too much of a crap, I guess I should say, to be kind. <laughs> um, I would say no, I don't think they are. But, I mean, this is definitely, it's an interesting vein to tap because, I mean, a lot of people loved Gotham Central. They thought it was a great book. Um, that's true. That, and that that's what Gotham should have been or was supposed to be, but then it became young Batman. Yeah. So if they just Bruce stayed Wayne. with what it should have been, mm-hmm. it would have been fantastic. So, yeah, just don't don't change it. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, no, but that, that would be kind of cool. Maybe, you know, if you talk to some people, we'd see what happened there. Uh, let's see. Red Hood Outlaw will be collected in trade for the first volume, Requiem for an Archer. So this will be the brand new direction by Scott Lobdell of Red Hood and how he's going. Um, so, yeah, if you like the new direction, this is the uh, first volume of the new style of trade. Definitely go get out. And then Suicide Squad Katana, the Revenge of the Cobra trade paperback is now available as well. Let's go on over to Marvel Comics. So now we have, oh, and I'm so torn about this one because I almost invested a lot of money. Thank God I didn't. No. Um, so, okay, you remember the X-Men, the animated series of the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So you had that one, and you also had a Spider-Man show, and of course they do the tie-in comic books. Now that tie-in comic book was a book I bought. I remember buying uh, X-Men Adventures issues one and two, and I had them. And I spilt water on them. I was so sad because, like, they were ruined, you know, and you tried everything you could to preserve them, but just didn't happen. And so I thought about, and especially when they did that recent, the Hickman Secret Wars, mm-hmm. they brought that world back. And I was like, oh, how cool would it be? Go and get all those X-Men comics, all the animated stuff, and then that'd be, like, a neat sequel to it. Uh, but as I read more and more online, I guess a lot of people were saying that they really don't, like, they don't exist together. So it's like, oh, well, there goes that. But anyways, they're doing these uh, trade paperback Digest, though, if uh, at least that's how it was solicited. But as I'm looking here, it doesn't say the word digest anymore. But anyways, yeah, it'll be uh, X-Men Adventures, issues one through six, and Adventures of Spider-Man, number three. So I imagine that was the crossover issue. So, I mean, I just love that because it was in the style of X-Men the Animated Series, which was just in the style of Jim Lee. So it's not like the art was that much different. Not like Batman the Animated Series. But um, they were just neat little offbeat stories that take the history and kind of modernize it. So I don't know. I'm on the fence with that one. So definitely peruse it. If it's your thing, do it. Uh, Arrow, A-E-R-O, will be launching from Marvel Comics. And this is basically out of spinning out of War of the Realms, Agents of Atlas. So this is an, um, a definitely Asian superhero team. And a lot of them are from you know other countries, and some of them are Asian Americans. And so this one will be starting the secret origin of Wave. So I imagine she was one of the, uh, uh, actually Arrow. Uh, no, catch the wave. I don't know how this is working. Mm. They advertise this way, but it's called Arrow. So, anyways, yes, there's all kinds of mystery about with this comic book. So definitely, if you uh, if you like the Agents of Atlas miniseries, definitely go out there and pick it up. She looks very interesting. Got a very nice costume design there. Uh, Art Germ is also doing one of the variant covers as well. Nice. Uh, Prisoner of X from the Age of X-Men issue 505 will launch. So these are slowly coming to a conclusion, but we're in July, and Hickman will be taking over soon with the X-Men. <laughs> and at the end of the month, we'll be having a uh, uh, sit-down talk with some other fellow fans at FanQuest to talk about uh, X-Men love and stuff like that. So who is the Prisoner of X? The Prisoner of X. These are basically the... They, they should. It's not just a prisoner. It's prisoners, um, because this was the book that had Beast, Bishop, Polaris. Um, oh, and I'm not sure who else was in there, but yeah, they they were basically they're the ones that felt emotion. And from what I'm gathering in my talks with Sam, uh, that like in the Age of X, there is no like love. There is no emotion. Uh. And so these people did have that, and they got punished for it. So yeah, there you go. Um, 
I'm I'm gonna cheat. I'm just gonna pick the Age of X Men Omega issue and read that and see all five <laughs> books come to a conclusion and be like, ha ha, take that money. <laughs> um, Cable and X Force Omnibus hardcover. So if you love your just '90s adventures of Cable, this is where it's at. Um, actually, no, I apologize. I don't even think this is. I think this is more the probably closer to 2000s era. But anyways, a lot of great stuff in this Omnibus edition. Uh, X-Force issues 32 through 43, the annual issue 3, Cable 9 through 20, New Warriors 45 through 46, X-Factor 106, Excalibur 82, and Wolverine 85. Um, these stories take us, um, I think they take us right out of the, it's either coming from the Age of Apocalypse or leading to the Age of Apocalypse, but it's around that era. But you've got Fabian Nieska writing some of the stuff, Jim Kruger uh, Tony Daniel Art, Paul Pelletier, and uh, several others. So definitely a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, these are the adventures of Cable right after he found out he's the son of Cyclops. So that was some pretty wild stuff. Um, Marvel is celebrating their 80th anniversary. I get paid to say that every time. That's why I say it. Uh, they will have a special book called Captain America and the Invaders. And this is a brand new story by Roy Thomas and Jerry Ordway. These are two classic names in the uh, hollowed halls of Marvel. So they're coming together to create that one. Invaders uh, as they go on to the Bahamas Triangle. So we'll see what happens there in some World War II styled um, adventure. Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys the Marvel Universe, Part 5 of 6. Now, this issue is important. Why? Because somebody calls Frank Castle a hippie. Do they oh, live? Wow. Do they die? I don't know. <laughs> this is just a crazy funny book, so if you want some shenanigans, that's where you go. And that's the one that's written by Paul Shearer, which is a very funny guy, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's Paul Shearer. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. he's a funny comedic actor, uh, improv Actor also, I don't, I don't know if that's what you call them, improv improv but, uh, yeah, no. but yeah, he's so, and he talks about it on his podcast of uh, how did this get made all the time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't picked it up myself, but I can only imagine what Paul Shear comes up with for uh, Frank Castle. Cosmic well, Ghost Rider. Yeah, and especially considering that the Cosmic Ghost Rider is already kind of a warped mind. Yeah. So, yeah, this I, I flipped to the first issue. It was pretty fun uh, just because, yeah, somehow Cosmic Ghost Rider travels through time, so he winds up going back and meeting his family before they're all killed. Uh -huh. So he walks in, and then he's just like, oh, shit, these people shouldn't see me. I'm Frank's dad. <laughs> so he's playing his grandpa, and he's kind of like, stop acting like a little shit, kid. And it's like, oh, that's your son. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that was just from issue one, so I can only imagine it's gotten more shenanigans. <laughs> uh, dead Man Logan issue 9 to 12 So the end is getting closer He's not dead yet? He's not dead yet Jeez. Soon though, very very soon <laughs> uh, Let's see Now this is going to be a tough one I, I mean, it depends on you um, So if you're a big fan of Peter David I would recommend getting it But I really don't see this crossing over Into the main continuity for Tamina Dam But they're going to do this, this, this play on words It's called The Prodigal Son S-U-N and so this will be a crossover with three specials, one from the Fantastic Four, another from the Silver Surfer, and then concluding in the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're all $5 a pop, uh, so that puts you at $15 for the three issues. The trade might be cheaper. Uh, I, I walked away from this hard. Like, I couldn't even finish reading through the description because no offense to Peter David, but... You know, if he's feeling it, then it's great. And if he's not, then it's just work for hire. And mm -hmm. I just, I myself, for looking at it, I feel like it's definitely work for hire. Um, if you want something to grace your walls, 
Uh, Steve McNeven is a great artist. He uh, I one love of his Steve big McNeven. ones. Yeah, he did a Civil War, the, the original Civil mm-hmm. War. He was the artist on that. Anyways, we have an upcoming story called History of the Marvel Universe. And uh, his work is going to be put together because he'll be one of the cover artists. So if you want something that just basically like the origins of Marvel from then till now with Steve McNiven art, this is the cheapest way for you to get that many characters drawn by one artist. So I definitely highlight, I recognize, I promote that poster. Those are the words I'm looking for. Uh, let's see, what else do we got here? Immortal Hulk issue 18 gets a second print. Immortal Hulk issue 20 will be out as well. Kirby is mighty, king size hardcover. So if you want one of these giant books that's as big as you, I don't recommend them. But if you want that because it's Kirby art, this is great for you because it's going to feature a lot of his um, um, some of his all-time greats. So you're going to see... Um, actually, gosh, I think the solicit's wrong here. As I look at the solicit, it only says Silver Surfer's issues one and two. So there's no way they're going to be charging you $100 for that. So something's got to be wrong with my intel here. But uh, these books are very huge. They're definitely neat to sit on a coffee table and talk about if that's your thing. So check that out if you will. Miss Marvel Annual Number 1 will be out, and this one has the Super Scroll going up against Kamala Khan. So this is part of the uh, Acts of Evil, because Marvel, or sorry, DC is doing the Year of the Villain, so they're going to cash in on some of that as well. New Mutants, issue 98, facsimile edition. There you go. Hey, I, I went on, I, I had to make a quick eye contact because I, <laughs> I was scared. But anyways, yeah, if you want an, a, like a, a copy of Deadpool, his first appearance that is just one for one, this is the way to go. Think of it as a second printing, keeping the original cover. But don't ask Rob Liefeld to sign it because he won't. What? Yeah. He's kind of gotten picky on what he'll have people sign. But again, at the same time, some of the fans love to screw with him as well. Uh, well, because, okay, so uh, his newest creation, Major, Major X, X, right? Yeah. So I guess technically his first appearance isn't Major X number one. They squeaked him in in the background in another comic that beat it in, in, in publication. Uh-huh. So a lot of fans have been going up and being like, hey, could you sign the first appearance of Major X? And it's like, that's not even my work. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, the guy, and I mean, that's tough because obviously, you know, some of these fans are having these things signed and then like, hey, I'm going to put that on eBay for 500 bucks, you know? And it's just like, yeah. So, eh, but, you know, if you. Rob Leefield's signature actually get you 500 bucks? I don't know. I mean, maybe it gets you closer to 500 bucks. We'll okay. go with that. Because <laughs> then you just track down I mean, uh, I'm Ryan not, Reynolds. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against Rob Leefield or anything like that. I'm oh, no, but I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not a, an all-time great. Yeah. But it's just, I guess he's he's savvy enough of a businessman to know that he doesn't want you making money off of his work. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Old Man Quill issue 7 to 12 will be out. Uh, this has actually been fun. I'm looking forward to reading this issue because I love this series. Um, there's a lot of, you know, like what happened between now and then. So we're, we're slowly peeling back the answers in this galactic onion. Um, if you also are looking at posters, House of X, which has art by Pepe Larraz, and then House of X, or sorry, Powers of Ten um, by, oh God, I can't think of Silva's first name. But anyways, those covers are getting promoted in posters. So if you are hyped about the Hickman era, that's definitely a book to pick up. Uh, Punisher issue number 13 will start a really nifty storyline with Wilson Fisk and Frank Castle going head to head. Uh, Baron Zemo is going to be involved in this somehow. He's the kind of the puppet master um, manipulating a lot of stuff. And this is going to ultimately form a Thunderbolts team and then kind of a, I don't know what to call them, the, the spirits, the streets of vengeance, I guess may be a cool way to call it. The Night Stalkers, but yeah, it's going to have a lot of uh, uh, of the street level heroes teaming up with Frank to get some 
payback on Kingpin. Mm. Uh, Savage Avengers issue three is out. Secret Warp Super Supreme. Is Frank going to be the new Wolverine? Like, he's just going to be on every yes. team? Yeah. He's like, he's going to be everywhere. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's I mean, it helps get, that he's yeah. Cosmic Ghostwriter now. Well, but then that's that's kind of that's Frank 2.0 or future. Frank. Well, yeah, but yeah, but no, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, like, like this week, there's at least what three books with Frank Castle in them. Yeah, so it's crazy. So this is this is definitely the the golden era of the Punisher. <laughs> yeah. um, Secret Warps Soldier Supreme Annual Number One will be out. So the uh, the Secret Warps got a extension on their life. So they're gonna do these little annuals. They're called they're they're part of the Acts of War. As well, but I don't think they're going to tie into what they're talking about. But uh, if you like that world and you want to discover more warped characters, this is probably the place to go. Uh, Silver Server hardcover will be released, and it's called Parable. Now, this is a big one because this is Stan Lee. Uh, this is one of his first writings. On, well, not his first writings, but definitely one of his favorite stories, Silver Surfer's issues one and two. And this is where he has the artist Mobius with him. Very beautiful work, and as a matter of fact, I'm not sure, I could be misquoting here, but I believe Stan Lee has stated this is his favorite story that he's ever done. So that's pretty, that's that's big. So in yeah. the age of what we've been through, definitely that'll be the one to go to. Uh, Spider-Gwen, Ghost Spider, there's going to be a lot of buzz coming up with her because she's going to be joining the 616. So issue 10 is out, and it has the classic spider costume in a trash can image going on there. So these might be, well, obviously this is going to be the last story arc before they decide to bring her over. A lot of Star Wars books. Thor issue, or sorry, Thanos. Yeah, that's how I cover that, right? Uh, Thanos issue two is getting a second printing. And now here we are to save some money, the True Believer stuff. Absolute Carnage, Carnage USA number one. That reprints the, um, actually, I think that's what they called it, was Carnage USA. So it's kind of Carnage just going across America creating crazy havoc. Uh, True Believer's Absolute Carnage. She Venom number one. This rep this reprints uh, Venom Center takes all issue number three. If I remember correctly, I think this is when Eddie Brock's first wife got a hold of the symbiote. So it's a creepy looking cover with a very sexy, curvy looking woman in the Venom symbiote with a Venom head on it. So this like like this Michelle concept. Williams character that we saw in the Venom movie. Yeah, I believe so. I okay. think that would actually be her. Uh, so yeah. So anyways, that was kind of interesting. Uh, the Bride of Venom, as they I don't know if she kept that name, but that was the nickname. Uh, Uncanny X Men issue twenty one. Now this is big. Why? Because it's freaking X-Men. It's fantastic <laughs> stuff. Uh, but we get Cyclops and Emma reunited, and we're going to see what happens there. But obviously, this is issue 21, and this series will only make it up to issue 22. So that's going to be some big stuff. And again, one more poster. Uh, Valkyrie. That's right. Jane Foster has gotten another chance at Alive and being a heroine, and she will become the Valkyrie. So uh, that first issue cover will be promoted up to poster level. So that is what's on your newsstand news racks at your local comic shops and speaking of local comic shops we just want to give you guys a heads up that uh, this episode is brought to you by FanQuest. FanQuest Games and Comics over here in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, Mitch and I, we've been shopping there for, gosh, 25 plus years. I mean, as soon as we could read and we gained money, we started trading it for comic books. Uh, so anyways, this has been in our town for a long time. They are they are working towards their 30th year. This last year they celebrated 29. So we're going to have 30 years of FanQuest Games and Comics. Um, 
I know I definitely have a lot of memories and physical memories of that. Why? Because they're called comic books. <laughs> so I've got tons of back issues and great times talking with Diane, meeting a lot of great friends. I know for years she would always be like, oh, you should meet this Mitch guy. <laughs> of course, most of us back then were like, I don't want to meet another comic book person. They don't have the <laughs> skills or knowledge that I do. So luckily, somehow, that's one of the secret origins. Maybe we'll share that with you, how Mitch and I met. But anyways, uh, yeah, we wouldn't be doing these comic book shows without her store. So we definitely want to promote it. We want to keep it going. She helps us to keep going so please make sure to check out FanQuest games and comics on facebook and if you can't make it into the local store go into your local comic book shop and as always geek out and buy comic books there you go that's right always try to make it to your local comic book store uh this past week was kind of a strange thing before we get into our challenge uh marvel studios disney trying those people (laughs) trying to trying to top themselves because they are the rightful owners of avatar now um, one they re, they did a re-release in the theater of, of Avengers Endgame, hoping to give it some more of a boost to try and break that global yeah, box office number. Yeah, um, unfortunately, it didn't make it in this weekend. You know, it still got more more temps probably. I would assume that it's going to stay in the theaters for a little bit longer, so that people who want to watch it before they go see Spider-Man: Far From Home, which comes out tomorrow, uh, can check yes. that out too. But they did have a little bit of incentive, and this, this is what I want to talk to you about. So if you haven't gone and seen the new re-release of uh, Avengers Endgame in theaters yet, and you don't want to know about the after credit scenes that the they added, the extras, uh, go ahead and tune out for the next five minutes. But uh, So we saw a tribute to Stanley. Yes. We saw a thank you from Anthony Russo. Yep. We saw a deleted scene, unfinished deleted scene featuring the Hulk, Smart Hulk, and then there was one more thing. Um, there one oh, more and then thing? The, the, the sneak peek into oh, the, uh, yeah, Spider-Man. Far, from, far from, home. from Home. Yeah, just a, a little bit of a, a preview. So just kind of like how at the end of Captain America First Avenger, you know, you saw that scene yeah, where Captain's punching, punching the punching bag. Yeah, that ends up in Avengers, like. That's in the Avengers movie, so it's kind of like it, it belonged in that movie, but it also belongs in this movie. So this would would have been your after credit scene for Avengers Endgame if they decided to have put one in, but yeah. they didn't because it's, it was too ceremon- ceremonial or whatever you want to have it. It's the end of an era. So but for I want to talk about this the Stanley tribute scene. Um, the tribute scene was mainly about his cameos in all the movies like it's yes. about his cameos but it's about him how he get he how he felt about cameoing in all these movies all these marvel movies because obviously he was a big part of them coming to life on the books yeah um the one scene one of the cameo scenes though is him and steve sitting at different tables in like a patio cafe and they're talking to each other but i don't remember that from a movie no, from the movie, because it was just him and he, I think he was sitting there and it was another old man. And I don't know if it was, I'm sure it must have been a, a, like maybe, well, I'm hoping it was like a writer or artist of Marvel era as well. But yeah, they were sitting there playing chess and they're like, oh, these superheroes, you know, so kind of. The, so then the one you know. from Avengers, the first Avengers, when he yes. was talking to the news people. Yeah. So, because that was his cameo. So you think that scene was longer and like Cap was sitting there in that brown jacket, like just sitting near him? Oh, I think so, um, because I've, I've read some stuff where they're talking about behind the scenes, and they kind of give people a heads up, like, hey, you know, this upcoming Thursday, Stan Lee is going to be here, 
So obviously they're going to like be prepared. You know, maybe some people want to be there like, oh, you know, you were scheduled and that's your day off. But Stan's going to be there, you know, so I kind of do feel that. Yeah, it's definitely like, hey, I'm, I, I, I want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I could see definitely Chris Evans wanting to be there. You know, I could see Stan wanting Chris Evans to be there as well. You know, like, <laughs> hey, can you tell that youngster to be there for me? Um, what was his cameo in First Avenger? First Avenger. Do you remember? Um, uh, Let's see. Wasn't he a general at one of the ceremonies? Like he is was that in. What it was? I think so. I think he was in 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 full honor. Dress. Oh, is that when he uh, when when the keeps he, the the dude keeps calling the senator keeps calling for Captain America and Cap, Cap's not there because he went away. He went to go fight. Yeah, I think instead. you might be right. I think that was the, so that so Stan he, was he the punchline of that pan, one. Said Stan was in the audience or something. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um. So yeah, the tribute scene was 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 nice. It was very. Honorable for Stan the Manly. Uh, I went numb. Did you? Yeah, like I just, I don't know. It was, it was just neat to hear his voice, uh, to see him, you know, just light it up about something. Because like I mean, I've seen him talk comic books. You know, I've, 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 it's been fantastic, and I can never stop listening to him talk comic books. But I know this definitely. This meant a lot more to him, you know, because that's the tough thing when you're creative. You're always at work. And, you know, it's like, imagine you're the director all the time and now you get to be the actor. And I think that's what was more fun for him because this is his moment now. It's like, oh, they're all here for me today. I'm not (laughs) the one who has to pull the strings to make it happen. So I think it was just it was just real neat, Um, obviously, with his passing and our love of comics. um, It's it's huge, but it was very nice to to hear him and to to see him be excited like that, you know, and just all just just like I think what was neat, too, was seeing all these all these people around him were lit up as well. Like, I don't know if you were looking at that as well, but like every time he was in a scene, all the other actors and extras and uh, staff and crew, they were all just smiles as well. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think it's genuine stuff. It's not like, eh, here's this guy. It's like, no, this is Stan. Yeah. This is pretty exciting. So yeah, it was, it was nice to see him. Uh, I think it was great. I wish it would have just kept going. Like I, I wish it would have been longer. That part of the trip. Well, you know, that's one thing is that, you know, they show his first cameo in the Marvel cinematic universe as the version of Hugh at, in Iron Man. Right. Um, and just to look at him there, I mean, that's only 10 years ago, but he yeah. looks so much like there was so much more life in him oh, as compared God, to yeah. his later cameos. Not in game so much because they use a lot of CGI Stocks, on yeah. that one. But like uh, Car- Captain Marvel, uh, you know, at the end of Ca- in Captain Marvel, when he's just sitting on the bus, you know, thanks, true believer or whatever he says to yeah, from the Carol. Script. Yeah, uh, it's it's it, you can tell that that those 10 years were I don't want to say hard on him, but. They were. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go well, there. Well, know, the last two years were definitely hard yeah. when well, you lost Joni. Well, not even just that, but you, do you find out that his assistant? Was yeah, his assistant him. and then troubles you with know. his daughter and. Yeah. Well, but the, the bad thing is, like, I mean, news people. This is gonna definitely fall out more in in court when it goes to trial. But, I mean, I, I can't think of the jerk's name. Sorry, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna be. But that guy just really manipulated a lot of stuff between Stan and his family because yeah. it was, I remember they were reporting, Oh, Stan and his daughter, Joni or have, or not Joni, uh, his daughter, I can't think of her name, but they were having so many problems together. But then all of a sudden, once they ousted his assistant and they brought his daughter in, she they put fun. out that they video yeah. and they were like, Hey, it's us when we're happy. And it's like, wow. And I really hoped he was going to pull through, but I mean, hey, who he, knows how far the abuse went. And yeah. it's, it's a rather, it's a shame. Uh, that's why if you have an you know an an elderly person in your family, you know, visit them, talk to them, keep in touch with them, you know, and just 
and yourself keep in touch with people because unfortunately care can be conflicting mm-hmm. so the deleted scene that they had from in game was the hulk jumping into a skyscraper that is on fire uh maybe not a skyscraper but it's definitely a tall Ooh, building yeah, a tall building uh it's, it's on fire they have reginald johnson from die hard there as either a cop or some type of, fi- of fire officer um the the hulk uh, the people start yelling oh no there's still people stuck up there and you know firefighters can't do anything because it's too far up the Hulk has, grabs a satellite dish off the off the roof, uses that satellite dish to scoop, scoop people, people up, and then jump down to the ground floor with them all safe. Uh, he then uses his smarts and a- ability to talk to uh, R- um, Reginald Johnson uh, to say, "Hey, you should Halcyon or Halcyon extinguisher on the the top floors and hit the base with with uh the, this chemical and you should be able to put this fire out no problem like it's a scene to show that he's both the hulk and banner at the same time and we already get that in the diner scene so i can understand why the russos cut it yeah no definitely i mean like i know there's been a lot of backlash everybody's like really i bought another ticket to watch an unfinished scene and it's like but that was told to it was yeah it was reported you knew it was going to be an unfinished scene. Um, I was, it was no backlash for me. That's yeah, for sure. no, I, I, I love the fact that Reginald Johnson is part of the MCU. Yep. I don't care if it's, I, I it's canon to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want him there. I'm excited for that. Uh, I, I thought the cheesy little gag was hilarious. The fact that he uses a, an iPad as his iPhone. Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> but you know, it's just it's all in good humor. That's all it is. So yeah. I thought it was great. Uh, and then the far from home scene is um, essentially Fury and Hill. Maria Hill yep. showing up in Mexico, of all places, um, which would which works. I out really perfectly. felt like this should have been in the movie because we didn't get any scenes with those two. We have the the funeral scene, right. but they don't talk. So this is them, the two of them talking to me like, "What are we doing here?" And he's like, "Well, I need to show you." And then, because uh, she thinks it's just a natural disaster that came through there, and she's like, "It's nothing, you know, having to do with us." And then she, uh, then that's when uh, they turn around and we see Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Mysterio's like, "Who are you people?" And then all of a sudden, uh, what looks like a giant Sandman, so to speak, it's yeah. one of the elementals now. Uh, right, Molten Man, I think it was supposed to. Do be. you think it was supposed to be Molten Man? I think so. That's what the toys have been pushing. So. Oh, okay. Uh, he that thing is attacking again, and you have Jake Gyllenhaal, which you, or Mysterio say the line you see in the trailer where he's you don't want any of this, and he <laughs> he goes and does his magic moves because he's Iron Man and Doctor Strange put together apparently, or he's Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Thor put together. Makes uh, sense. <laughs> as, as what they're trying to do. So that's what you would have got to see if you went and paid the extra money. You should go see it if you want to. Honestly, I would definitely say like I was talking to a friend and. They wanted to, well, they're an Avengers, they're a Marvel fan, quote unquote. And they were, you know, and I get it. They already saw the movie twice in theaters and I've seen it several times in theater. And, this was my third you know, watch. Yeah. And I, you know, honestly, I went in knowing that I'm just here to try to help Avengers beat Avatar. That's it. That's all this is. Oh you know, yeah. It's, it's Which there you fine. go. And I'm okay with that because I still to this day have not seen Avatar. Really? Yeah. I've watched Avatar several times. I, I, I enjoy that movie. I like it. It just, it didn't catch me. That's and fine. I just, you know, but I'm not saying it's a bad film or whatnot, but it's like, hey, if I get to live in a world where the number one movie of all time is an Avengers movie, <laughs> is a comic book film, I want to go for it. Hell yeah. 
Take my money. I might even just go watch the Endgame re-release the day uh, Spider-Man comes out tomorrow. There you go. And just try to do a double feature. I don't think my uh, legs can take that, though, while that's sitting. <laughs> Oof. Uh, yeah, the runtime on Spider-Man Far From Home is 130 minutes, so that's two hours and ten minutes if uh, oh God. you can handle that. So that'd be three hours and ten minutes and then two hours and ten minutes. So, so 520. 520. Five and a half hours. I mean, after credits <laughs> and everything, it's almost six hours. Uh, yeah. you, you might... You might be dead. Morty, Morty, my legs. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get to our challenge then. So we're talking about Lobo. The Lobo, main the main man, the big bestitch, the master fragster. Uh, he shows up in the Marvel Universe. Who summoned him? Who's take, who, what's, what's the contract? And who is he going to partner with? That's what we threw out for each other. Uh, you want to go first? Sure. I'll toss it out there. All right. So I thought about this one. I, I definitely put my brain to work and I was like, okay. So my first instinct was I wanted him to, um, I figured, oh, the Fantastic Four might be a good way to go with it. But I was like, ah, that's just too, too earth-based. And I was like, nah. And then I thought about, I was like, you know what? The, the guy is from outer space. So let's do this. Let's go there. So I decided I wanted Lobo, the main man. So here's what's going to happen. The Grandmaster... Everybody loves him. He's such an interesting character. Well, he wants to stir some shit. It's my birthday. <laughs> he wants to, to cause some damage and some havoc. So he decides to get in a bet with Thanos. And, you know, those two, they start thinking and they're like, okay, you know, let's topple an empire. What empire would you topple? What, what empire would survive? So they get in that little bit of a shouting match. And unfortunately, the contract is for the Shi'ar Empire. Wow. So they decide to say, okay, we're going to rain some hell on the Shi'ar Empire. And so both of them being very cosmic characters know what's already out there. So they need something different. And what is that difference? That difference is Lobo. Oh. So they use their cosmic powers and sure enough, they pull the main man through. And they're like, all right, we need you to topple this empire. We need you to destroy the Shi'ar Empire. And so this is going to be exciting. Why? Because we're going to see... Uh, Lobo go up against the gladiator and the rest of the Imperial Guard, right? So on the way over there, he's on the way. Of course, the Imperial Guard get advance warning, so they're fighting and whatnot. So, you know, at one point, Guardian does manage to send out an SOS, and he sends it out to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Gladiator? So they come to go- Yeah, Gladiator. Isn't uh, that a name? You said Guardian. Guardian. Oh, sorry. <laughs> gladiator. Uh, yeah, Gladiator sends out an SOS, so the Guardians come up, and they're like, hey, and they start, you know, tackling here and... Ultimately, they're kind of like, okay, we need to stop him from fragging the Shi'ar Empire and the rest of the Imperial Guard. So they kind of tackle him on. Um, And then it's going to be an endearing moment where it's basically Rocket Raccoon. I want him to be like, (laughs) hold up, you know, and then Lobo is just going to be. I mean, if this guy is enthralled by space dolphins, what's he going to do when he sees a talking raccoon in a talking (laughs) tree? So he's going to listen to them. Like, he'll go through everybody. He'll punch Peter Quill in the face. He'll throw Gamora into a black hole. Drax, he'll just, you know, he'll give him a kick no matter how invisible Drax thinks he can be. (laughs) But the minute he sees Rocket and Groot, he's just going to get all wide-eyed and be like, who are you guys? <laughs> and they're going to be like, why are you here? What are you doing? What's going on? And I'm going to need that motorcycle. Oh, why did you just <laughs> kick my family? Yeah. And so, you know, that's when uh, Lobo tells them and, you know, they realize, well, it's like, well, wait a second. You know, you got hired by this goofy looking blue skin guy with bad hair and a yellow jumper and <sighs> Thanos. And you were going to stopple an empire? And, you know, so once they start putting all their notes together. And Lobo, if anything, hates to be the source of entertainment. So he's going to be pissed off that he is basically just some kind of, 
you know, uh, dancing monkey for the Grandmaster and Thanos. So, of course, he teams up with them. They help out. They, you know, fix up the damage that they caused on the Shi'ar Empire. And they flip the script. And then they wind up going after Grandmaster and Thanos. Grandmaster is going to win. Why? Because he ultimately realized that he's going to get an entertaining show. Because we're going to have Thanos and Lobo go after it. Who's the stronger big guy with an N, with an O-ish name? I don't know. I thought I had some. <laughs> Anyways, those two are going to fight. Uh, we're going to see them go toe-to-toe. And the Guardians, of course, you know, they're going to be riding shotgun for that one. Eventually, they're going to be like, no, we shouldn't. But then they're going to realize, wait a second, it's Thanos. Let it keep on going. <laughs> so they're just going to be running, you know, support to try to get people away from this as it goes on. So it's just going to be some weird, strange comics. Lobo the Duck will make an appearance because you have to have him there. <laughs> wow, and, I didn't um, even think about that. They're going to have some cigar sharing, and that's about <laughs> it. So that's a quick little fantasy, John. I'm I wanted, <laughs> I, I want to see, I just want to see a fight between Gladiator and Lobo, like right, because Gladiator is Superman. Yeah, yeah, essentially. You know? I mean, it's it. Oh, to me, you never know how they're gonna write Gladiator. If he's gonna be a good guy or a bad guy, and he's not really a bad guy. He's just he's all about the Shi'ar Empire. So yeah. if you're working for the Shi'ar Empire, he's, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's on your team. But if you're working against them, he's a bad. Guy. He's gonna <laughs> take you down. He's a scary bad guy. Uh, so yeah, I I, I just want to see what that looks like. What what does the two of them fighting? The idea of, you know, the last Zarian. I always wanted to say Cesarian. That's what I would. But apparently yeah. it's pronounced Zarian. Just like the, the, you know, like the Zars, the Sars, the Russian Zars. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a silent yeah, CA. <laughs> yeah. The, so the, the last Zarian um, going up against the Shi'ar Empire because, I mean, it's like him going up against the the, uh, the Krypto- Kryptonians or, or any of the other, you know, last of races in in the dc universe um i don't know i think it'd be pretty cool yeah i just i figured you know what space is gonna be where it's at that way i get a bigger palette i get to play with a lot more stronger characters have some big battles you know, like you said who doesn't want to see you know gladiator and lobo go down <laughs> and fight um thanos and lobo you know and then yeah all those weird little moments you know you know like i i want that introduction almost like you know where it's like i am groot <laughs> uh I'm Lobo, <laughs> you know, something <laughs> to that effect, you know. So, yeah, I just figured that's where I'd get the most bang for my buck. So put it out in space. Sounds great. Um, well, we should have a moment where, you know, Lobo is near Galactus and he kicks him in the giant nuts because <laughs> <laughs> that's the fun stuff you see. <laughs> I would love to see that. Um, so what I did, since you went space, I didn't go space. I know that you were tossing around this idea, or at least one of the ideas, uh, and I went with it, so I I, I feel like Lobo is gonna be going towards mutants. Like <laughs> I want I want him, to, or at least I wanted him to go towards mutants. Uh, I like the idea. I, my person that hires him is Dark Beast. Like you know, Beast is one of my favorite characters. Oh, yeah. Dark Beast, not so much, but <laughs> I understand you know the appeal of him and the fact that he is from another dimension. He under, he understands that. Like that's a that's gonna be a technology that he he can get around. So. He can't get anybody from this dimension to help him out, so he tr- he sends a message to the DC universe and is like, "Hey, I need the bounty hunter. I need a bounty hunter to get this guy for me. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't want someone killed. He wants the guy brought to him. He wants Taskmaster because Taskmaster is a mutant ability. Does 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 Dark Beast have that one catalog? Does he? Yeah, he might not. Does he have photo ref- photogenic reflexes? Photo. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. What photogenic memory. So yeah. So yeah. So photogenic reflexes. The the ability to whatever you see, you can do. Um. That's what Taskmaster has. So 
uh, and he usually hides. He he can hide pretty well. He has he's the image inducers all the time. So you get the main man. You get the main man to come in. Well, who does he run into first in the DC universe? Well, or the Marvel universe? Well, the Marvel version of him, the Merc with the mouth. Yeah, Deadpool. That's the part I, I know that you were you were tossing around for a little bit. To me, the reason why I want Deadpool and and Lobo to be to team up, because I saw this in the most recent episode of of Krypton. Uh, I don't know if this is a thing that Lobo can do. I know he has a superhuman or over the top superhuman heal factor like Deadpool does. Yeah. But essentially, he went to go grab somebody. They turned on an energy force field. The energy force field cut off his hand, and it was on the other side of the of the force field. So he was sitting there, his his arms cut off, and he makes his finger like flip off the dude that's on the on the that's on the <laughs> in this other side of the force field. So the guy's like, "Well, you can't do anything. I'm I'm in here. I'm safe." He's like, "Do you think you're safe? All right." So he takes his gun, his own gun, points it at his own head, blows his own head off. From that moment his hand starts to grow into Lobo. So that's how he's on the other side of the force field because his <laughs> hand grows into him. I was like, I don't, I don't know how that works. Like, how did, but fine. That's the way you want to do it. That's the way you want to do it. You get to have a scene where Taskmaster is running away from Deadpool <laughs> and, and, and Lobo and he manages to get them to go into a wood chipper or something like something that that's huge <laughs> like that you know you know those those memes or gifs where they throw like a, a typewriter into this big grinder thing and it just, yeah, it just squishes slowly it munches yeah. it up yeah munches it up you get the two of them in there and then they come out the other end and their pieces of them have grafted to each other so you have two full deadpool lobos <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> just just the idea of like what Wait, oh man, this is what you're packing down here? I can't believe it. It's like, why does all of my skin burn? It's like, yeah, that happens. <laughs> like, you know, it's the interesting conversation that would happen. Uh, I would love to see that. I would love to see that scene. Eventually, they get Taskmaster, they grab him, they take him over to uh, Dark Beast. But, you know, Taskmaster, being another one of my favorite characters, gets out of it. Like, he's like, okay, you got me here. Fine. He's like, yeah, we, we, we accomplished our thing. But he easily ducks out on on dark beast like in my story i think that'd be fun where he at some point because image inducers so he manages to get hydra bob <laughs> yeah <laughs> makes him look that way turns him over and that's just like hydra bob's like son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah that's that would be my marvel team up with lobo uh i i just love the mashup idea yeah i i think that's gonna be so great cool because okay i forget when maybe it was jerry duggan's run of deadpool but he had that where it was like all these pieces of Deadpool that got left after battles they came, came together. together and they yep. formed a bad guy. Yep. And it's like, what a cool visual, you know? So, yeah, you see, like, you know, Deadpool and, like, exactly. And, like, the best part is both those those phrases you gave us. Who knows if it's Lobo saying it or if it's Wade saying yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is going to be great. <laughs> and I would love to see Lobo make, make, make a, a, a side joke of, Wade Wilson. I know a guy named Slade Wilson. Any relation? Like, and then he'd be like, <laughs> talk about kind it. of. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I would love to see that. I think it'd be interesting. Um, that's our two stories. That I, I think 
it's pretty interesting. Anybody wants to draw that up for us? You know, what 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 would Wade and or I'm sorry, yeah, Wade and 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 Lobo team up look like? And what would uh, you don't have to do the whole book, obviously. Just do the, cover. the whole book. I want all twenty four <laughs> pages. Uh. <laughs> or uh, 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 some Guardians of the Guardians Galaxy. Galaxy. Lobo, yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty pretty great. I could see the main man right in the middle of the Guardians and all of them just kind of staring at him. Like that'd be a great cover. The image I want, I want um, the, you know, Lobo's famous space motorcycle, uh-huh. but I want it to have like a sidecar and that's where you see rocket and like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that would be great uh, so if you have any if you have a better idea for the for lobo in the marvel universe we want to hear that if you want to talk about one of our stories we want to hear that too if you want to he- talk about any of the stuff on the spinner rack please contact us you can find me on twitter i am at mitchipedia gem Chris is also on Twitter as uh, stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our website, geekelitemedia.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Media Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.